This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back, Mariners Pod. Thanks for being here. The M's in Kansas City taking on the Royals tonight in Oakland yesterday. Getting a much-needed victory against the A's. The offense, a really good day, which was great to see. We'll talk about that coming up in a few minutes. Also coming up, very fun conversation. I think you'll enjoy. With the guys from Locked On Mariners, Ty Dane Gonzalez, Colby Patnode will be here. We'll talk about the Mariners down the stretch, what they're seeing. I think you'll really enjoy it. Uh, very fun. So that comes up in a few minutes. In the meantime, it was a struggle in the first two games in the series against the A's, but the Mariners bust loose, which was great. The Mariners now a half game behind Tampa Bay. Blue Jays one and a half ahead of the Mariners. Blue Jays and Tampa Bay, they'll meet again today, again tomorrow, again on Sunday. So three more matchups between Toronto and Tampa Bay. A chance for the Mariners to gain ground in each of the next three days. Guarantee gaining ground on one of the two. Right now, the Mariners half game behind Tampa Bay for the second spot and one and a half behind Toronto for the first wild card. So a big weekend against Kansas City. Marco Gonzalez will get the ball tonight in game one of the series. Will not be easy. It's been a struggle for the Royals, of course, 61 and 89. They are expected to throw their best starter at the Mariners this season. 5-10 first pitch. Brady Singer will get the start. For Kansas City, he's had a really nice year for the Royals, so this will not be an easy one for the Mariners as they look for game one of this series against Kansas City. Of course, questions surrounding Julio as well. He had to leave the game early yesterday. So we will see what happens with KC tonight. Meanwhile, yesterday, it was a pretty wild game. Not exactly how you would have expected it. George Kirby has just been outstanding all season. Mariners got a 3-0 lead early. But the A's put a five spot on the board. They chase Kirby. They have a lead, 5-3 after three. But then Jared Kelnick came up big for the M's. Here's the pitch to Jared. Swung on and belted. Deep to right field. Capel going back, looking up. And goodbye baseball way out of here to right. Welcome back, Jared Kelnick. His fifth home run of the season. And his first official at since his return because he walked in the first Belts a long home run way into the bleachers in right field here in the top of the fourth inning. How about that? It's now the A's five and the Mariners four. Two hits, a homer, a double. He tied it up. Hanniger a couple of hits. Ty France a couple of hits. Same with Adam Frazier. Offense puts nine runs on the board, a 9-5 win. Couple other notable parts of this ball game. Ty France moved to third base. He played third for half the game. Also mixed in a triple as well. Down here with Ty France right now, and Ty, that first inning to see the runs go up on the board, and it wasn't too much. It was, you know, a couple of hits. Get him on, get him over, get him in. How important was that to see that? Yeah, that was big. Um, you know, to bounce back from the last two days, 
um, you know, to come out and put together good at-bats right away, it, it's huge for us and, you know, got us rolling. And, um, you know, what, we put up nine runs today, so it was a big help. Absolutely big for you guys. Uh, love the triple today. It's not something we see very often from you. And you got, there's, they're just okay. throwing pop. We're safe. We're safe. They don't dare. I'm going to turn around here because, okay. All right. Uh, the triple. Let Talk me through that. When did you know you could go three? Um, I'm good for one a year, so I used, I used it up right there. Um, I saw Stephen Vogt hit one earlier in the game, so I had to try and keep up with him. But um, no, I saw him slide for the ball and miss it. So when once I saw him slide, I was like, okay, I got a, got a shot here. That's your mark, and you do. You do hit one a year. We yep. looked it up. Yep, I'm, that's, don't expect any more. <laughs> and Jared Kelnick bringing you in. If you're going to do that running, you're going to want to see that. You've talked about everybody needing Great to do job. their part. Thank how great was it to see him step in and just do what he did today? Yeah, it was a big day for him. Um, you know, for him to come back and, you know, get off on the right foot, it's huge for us. Um, you know, he's going to be an important piece at, you know, on this final stretch. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm happy for him. It's, he's put in a lot of work and shows his paying off. Third base, just like riding a bike? Uh, I wouldn't say it's that easy, but, you know, it was, it was pretty cool to get back out there. It's been a while. Um, you know, I was trying to, trying to act like a young Kyle Seeger, so. Um, you know, it was fun to get back over there, and, you know, we'll see what happens. You did, you know, you stepped up. That's that's not an easy thing to walk across the diamond after not playing a couple of years there. I, I mean, why did you say, hey, I can do this? Why did you take that on? Uh, you know, once once Gino went down, you know, it was kind of, you know, it, it made the most sense. Um, you know, it, it took me a few days of ground balls to get, get my feet back under me. But, um, you know, we have, we have a, overall, we have a, a big goal that we're trying to meet, and, you know, it just made the most sense. So, you know, whatever I can do to help the team win. Lastly, what would you most like to take from this game forward with this team? Um, uh, you know, I was really happy with our bats today. You know, I thought we swung at a lot of good pitches and, you know, moved the ball around the field a lot. Um, you know, it's we relied on the pitching a lot of the year. You know, George didn't have his best stuff today. But for us to, you know, offensively come out and do what we did, it was, it was you know, a big boost. So all in all, a much-needed win for the Ams. We'll see if they can repeat that feat tonight against Kansas City. In the meantime, let's talk about this stretch run with guys from Locked On Mariners. You can find their podcast every single day. At the end of the conversation, too, they'll let you know how to find them everywhere else on Twitter. For your info, we recorded this the day the A's series started. Ty Dane Gonzalez, Colby Patnode. As we break this one down with the Mariners headed down the stretch. What I would like to know from you guys is when you kind of look at where the Mariners are at right now, you look at Toronto, you look at Tampa Bay. How do you see this thing playing out right now? I had a lot of confidence before all the injuries happened this past week. And I'll tell you that <laughs> I had a lot more confidence. Um, still though, I mean, you know, we've seen this team go up against the, the best in the world. We've, just saw them take a series from the Braves. We've seen them take two series from the Yankees, take series from the Guardians, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, I think this team at its best is uh, quite possibly the second best team in the American League. Obviously, the Astros are just ridiculous, but I think they can really beat anyone, including Houston as well. You know, anything can happen uh, in, a, in, a, in a you know in a best of five. So, you know, I, I think this team has the ceiling. I think it has. ALCS, maybe even World Series ceiling. Will they get there, especially with the injuries that they've sustained over the last you know few days? I don't know. But you know, this team is really talented. And it's got all the pieces that help you win in the postseason from the starting pitching to one of the best bullpens, if not the best bullpen that's going to be in the playoff field. 
they you know and they and they have guys who you know obviously the offense has been a little up and down this year but the they do have some guys that can come through in some big moments as well and so you know all that combined i think that's the perfect storm to find success in the postseason just got to get everyone healthy i think for me the my big concern right now is is who is going to step up and who's going to um more or less carry the team offensively through the playoffs. Now you hope it's a, a group effort. Um, that's much more preferable than just, you know, Randy or Rosarena taking the Rays all the way to the world series. That's, that's kind of asking a lot of anybody, but right now, at least it, it's been largely Carlos Santana, uh, Eugenio Suarez and, and Julio that have really carried the offense. And well, we'll see what, what we get from uh, Suarez when he comes back and, and Santana is continuing to just, hit home runs at a ridiculous rate. And, and, you know, hopefully Julio's back in the lineup today. Uh, but, you know, without Gino, you do lose some serious thunder there. And so you're looking for somebody to step up. Ty France had a very nice game, uh, you know, to ra- round out the uh, Anaheim series. So hopefully that's a th- sign of things to come. And, and, you know, Mitch got a base hit broken over 20 last night. Uh, that's, that's something that really the Mariners need Mitch Haniger uh, to, you know, be Mitch Haniger more or less. And so you, you kind of trust the track record there, um, and hope you can turn it around in time. And, and you got these little, you know, 16 game stretch to kind of get guys right. Uh, so overall, I, I feel pretty good. Uh, they're, they're going to make the playoffs. Like that's, that's done. It's, it's all about seating right now. And, and I, I don't know. I'm worried enough about the offense just because of all the injuries that are kind of stacking up right now that I don't know if they can, if they can catch Toronto, but they do have the tiebreaker over Toronto and, and Toronto does have a much harder schedule. Uh, and so, yeah, you know, overall, once they get into the playoffs, you feel okay about it, assuming they're relatively healthy. Um, but I, I do worry about who on this offense is going to step up and kind of, uh, you know, take over the role that uh, Gino has, has filled in for really the last month or so. So I'm, I'm a little curious to see there. It looks like it might be Carlos Santana, which would be great. Um, but, uh, we'll see. And, and, you know, JP had a nice series as well. So it'd be nice if he can get on one of those month long heaters that he's uh, kind of known to go on. So we'll see how it goes. But overall, I feel, I feel pretty good about this team, uh, in the playoffs. It's just a matter of whether or not they're healthy and they can put their best out there. There's so many different scenarios here as we head down the stretch. If you could handpick the seed and opponent for the Mariners in the first round, who would you pick? What would you pick? <laughs> Uh, obviously, uh, the the number one seed and the Oakland Athletics. Yes, thank you. <laughs> yes, uh, Oakland. But, uh, huh? <laughs> mm. <laughs> hey, they don't have Elvis Andrews anymore, so we're good. I, Great point. Yeah, so uh, definitely not the White Sox yeah. for that exact same reason, by the way. Uh, but yeah, I think you know, uh, Gary, you and I were talking before we we started recording here that you know I think it's only right that the Mariners for the first time in in twenty years to play their first playoff game in front of, you know, the a sold out crowd at T-Mobile Park. I think it's only right for not only the drought to end, but to play that very first game and mark this new era in Mariners baseball at a stadium that deserves playoff baseball. One of the most beautiful stadiums in the world, and it's hardly had any sort of high leverage games played at it. That needs to change. That needs to change now. And, um, and I mean, that crowd, the city deserves it. Uh, it will be just an absolute electric show like <laughs> when it happens, uh, whether that's this year, whether that's next year, who knows, but it, it should happen this year. Uh, and, you know, I, I honestly, I'd like to see the Blue Jays come back. 
see what that crowd kind of looks like in a playoff atmosphere, see how much of the Seattle side, you know, comes through this time. You know, it's not just a random series in the middle of August. It's a, it's a playoff series. It's the first playoff series in 20 plus years in Seattle. I don't think there's going to be that many blue Jays fans there, at least as you know, we've come accustomed to. So I'd like to see that again, like to see what that, that atmosphere would be like. And those are two just juggernauts, especially like to see the Mariners pitching staff against that offense with Vlad and the way that Boba shed setting right now, that'd be a really, really fun series. Yeah. It's obviously the home game. You want the home games. You, need the home games it's it's great to end your playoff drought and that's going to be amazing and it'll be emotional and all that stuff but to get playoff games at t-mobile now t-mobile um you know i was nine years old when they last uh you know played a playoff game in seattle and i happened to be at that game it was awesome and i wanted to go back and it just it's never been possible so to get that home playoff game uh i think it means a lot to the city i think it means a lot to uh that franchise in general um I just, you know, we'll see what happens with it. To me, honestly, I'm, you want to be the four or the six, the five is probably the worst, worst uh, position to be in. You don't want to go to Toronto or Tampa. Uh, those are difficult places to play for different reasons, but um, I, you want to be the four or the six. And if you're facing Cleveland or Chicago on the road, it's not ideal, you know, travel travels a, a real thing and, and it's three in a row. I mean, hopefully two but it's up to three in a row and, and, you know, halfway across the country. And then you got to fly to uh, New York and, and start your series there. So, you know, you're away from home for a week or so. Um, I, I think for me, ideally it's Seattle is the four and Tampa is the five. I know Tampa handled the Mariners pretty well, but those were some very close games. A couple things didn't really go Seattle's way. And of course, you know, now we have a, more refined George Kirby. We have Luis Castillo added to this lineup. We have Mitch Haniger back in the, uh, back into the lineup. So it's a different team all, all together from what they played in, in early, early May, I believe it was uh, last time they saw Tampa. So I, I think Tampa is a good matchup. Yes. They're, they're going to throw everything in the kitchen sink at you. I understand that, but I feel like this pitching staff can really handle that offense extremely well. And they would only need the Mariners would only need to scrape out, you know, three, four runs to, uh, to handle the race. So I would prefer home, uh, almost against anybody. I don't care. Uh, but, uh, if I had to pick one, I would say probably Tampa, you know, baseball seasons are funny. And when you get in a position like this, things happen, you don't expect good and bad along the way. I think a lot of us thought they could be in this position. Maybe they got here in, in ways we did not expect. When you look at how this season has unfolded, what are kind of some of your most pleasant surprises? Maybe some things you did not expect that we're looking at right now. I mean, Gino Suarez being the guy that he's been. Um, you know, I was I was the high man on Gino when they uh, when they acquired him. I you know I said like, hey, like you know, there actually might be something here because he had a really gnarly bout with COVID. He had a shoulder thing. There was a lot of stuff that it wasn't just his play on the field that you know, was really telling the story there. There was a lot of other stuff there as well. So I was thinking, you know, the further removed he's, uh, he's from uh, that, like there might be something here. Cause you know, this is a guy that hit 49 home runs just a couple seasons ago and was getting on base at a high clip and was walking, you know, at a high clip, like there's some really nice things here. So that's, but I didn't expect that he was going to be this, right? Like one of the most valuable third basemen in the American league. Like I didn't think we were going to get that. So that's been really pleasant. Um, this bullpen, you know, cause bullpens are so volatile. We don't know, you know, you never know. So coming off of last year where they kind of surprised some folks, 
you know, you didn't really know if like Paul Seawald was going to be able to replicate his year, you know, because he, he just basically came out of nowhere and you don't know if that's one of those kind of fluky reliever seasons, you know, but he's come back. He's been strong. Andres Munoz has been everything the Mariners hope for. And then some, um, you know, that's why they extended him before the season. Um, you know, Diego Castillo obviously has dealt with some injuries and has been a little shaky at times, but he's he's come through in some big moments eric swanson's been one of the most effective relievers in all baseball like so for that bullpen to continue the way that uh, that it has to pick up where it left off from last year and even build upon that in some pretty big ways that's been a really nice surprise and then the mariners ability to get someone like luis castillo at the trade deadline you know i I didn't think that was necessarily the final piece that they needed but it was such a, a huge piece that they desperately needed because you know robbie ray regressed like I think a lot of people kind of expected maybe a little more so than, than some people expected, but you know, he's still obviously been effective, but to add like an actual, like legit, you know, high end number two, low end number one type of guy to the top of this rotation and Luis Castillo, he's been fantastic. Obviously since he's come over, he's had some really dominant, dominant performances. I mean, you think about the seven strikeouts, it sucks how that game ended up going, but uh, the, you know, the way that he, he just performed in his last outing, like, guy's just electric he's going to be an absolute weapon in the postseason so i think those three things those are the big three big things that really stand out to me and uh, i mean of course julio being an absolute superstar because you know you think about the ronald acunas and the fernando tatises of the world etc those guys are the outliers the guys that actually come up and they're superstars right away and so you 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 don't know and the way that you know jerry kelnick struggled last year it's like you know let's let's pump the brakes here a little bit about getting excited on julio even though he's such an incredible talent but to see him, especially after the way that the first month went for him, how rough that was to bounce back since May 1st, he's been an MVP caliber player. Uh, and I expect huge things from him. You know, I expect a Juan Soto style postseason if the Mariners are able to make a deep run. So, yeah. Uh, you know, Julio since May 1st has essentially the same WRC plus as Mookie Betts. So if you're wondering how good Julio has been for five months Um, and, you know, Julio steals a lot of the headlines directly. So he's earned them. He hasn't stolen them, but I think you, I think of other young Mariners, I think of Cal Raleigh uh, kind of, you know, having a very rough first month and coming up really without much time to change things in Tacoma. And and he's been one of the five or six best catchers in baseball, not just the American league since he's been recalled. And I also think of somebody like George Kirby, who, I think we knew was going to be good. I don't think we realized how quickly he was going to rise to the level he's at. Uh, you know, I, I did a little research on this a couple of weeks ago and I've updated it since, but when you look at starting pitchers who have pitched at least 110 innings this year, there's only a handful of guys who have averaged more than one strikeout per inning. So K per nine of over nine while walking less than two batters per nine. Uh, and the list is it's George Kirby, Aaron Nola, Kevin Gossman, Justin Verlander, Max Scherzer, uh, Hugh Darvish, Shane Bieber, Shane McClanahan, uh, and Joe Musgrove. Those guys are That's pretty good. List. That's a good list. <laughs> there's some Cy Youngs in there. There's you know some some World Series rings in there. Like that's that's a pretty good list to be on. And Kirby has been that guy since. Uh, you know, really since he showed up uh, and the numbers since the the little blow up he had in Baltimore have been just sensational. If not for Julio, we would be, you know, pounding the table for George Kirby uh, to be considered rookie of the year. I mean, that that's how good Julio has been, but also how good somebody like George Kirby has been. And honestly, Raleigh only finished about eight at bats 
uh, over the threshold to be considered a rookie this year. If he didn't get those eight at bats last year, the Mariners could legitimately have three of the top five rookie of the year vote getters on this mm. team. And, and that, that, you know, production from the young guys, when you haven't gotten what you wanted from, from Jesse Winker, when you haven't gotten what you wanted from Mitch Hanniger, you know, these young guys need to step up and Marco had kind of an up and down year. Chris Flexen's kind of had an up and down year. So when you needed these young guys to kind of fill that gap, they have, and that's the reason why the Mariners are almost certainly going to the playoffs. And, and it's because on the back of, you know, some really, really good veteran pitching, but also the young guys really performing well. I guess that's what's most exciting for me. If you pull back big picture, and I'd like to get your thoughts on this, is the young guys that you point out. It's been great, but kind of how they've done it, right? It's been international. It's been through the draft, high picks. It's been guys like Penn Murphy or out of nowhere, or Paul Sewald from other orgs. Uh, to me, like development is everything in Major League Baseball right now, and you have to do it in all sorts of different ways. There's just, you can't just build through free agency or through the draft. To me, it's all about development. And when I look at what has happened this year and hopefully moving forward, that's what excites me the most about what we've seen so far. Well, and, you know, you go back to seven years ago when Jerry DePoto gets hired, they bring in Andy McKay, uh, they bring in Justin Hollander, all these all these folks, and you just you hear the way that they talk. Uh, and then you see their plan kind of come to fruition over the last few years. It's like, okay, these guys are onto something. And then you hear about how these guys are developing the gas camps and all these things about how guys are just tapping into tools that you didn't think were possible that, you know, all the smartest baseball folks in the world are telling you weren't possible when these guys were coming up through the draft or through the international signing or, or what have you. Um, this team, this organization is very good at what it does. Uh, it's one of the best. It's one of the model franchises in baseball when it comes to developing young talent. This regime, I think, has earned that. Um, and and really, you know, just everything that they've been able to accomplish here, uh, and, and also, you know, building the relationships too, right, in the international market, uh, and and exemplifying like, hey, you can succeed here if you come to our organization. You can succeed. We will develop you. We will tap into potential that you don't even know about. And, uh, you know, I think that just kind of sets the mark that like, you know, people are taking their people are paying attention now, people in the baseball world, you know, youngsters now kind of coming up in the international ranks, uh, draft guys, you know, when it comes to, you know, negotiation, uh, negotiating in the draft, you know, bonus pools and all that stuff, you know, you're, you're going to have, um, things to sell players on now, you know, you, you have a proven product now you have a proof of concept, you have. Julio Rodriguez, you have Logan Gilbert, you have George Kirby, you have Cal Raleigh, you have proven that you can do this, that young players can come to Seattle and succeed. And the way that they're doing it right now, just the whole process of it, it's, uh, I mean, it's really special. It's, it's really special. And yeah, they're going to miss sometimes, you know, Jerry Kelnick hasn't really panned out thus far. Taylor Jamel hasn't really panned out thus far, but you know, it's not over for those guys either. And, you know, not, every, you know, the path to the big leagues isn't linear. And that's the thing that a lot of people miss here. You know, the, the Julio Rodriguez of the world again are the outliers, right? They're not the, they're, you know, that's not how most people get to the big leagues and succeed at the big leagues. You got to go up and you got to go down and you got to go up and the league's going to adjust to you and you got to adjust to the league, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But the Mariners have proven Jerry DePoto, Justin Hollander, Andy McKay, all these guys have proven time and time again and how the messaging stays the same throughout every level of the organization. Thanks to Andy McKay. Thanks to Jerry DePoto. Um, it's just, you know, it, it allows players to be who they are and to grow up 
you know, kind of on their time and in a comfortable environment and one that helps them, you know, be the best that they can be. It's kind of like we see with Pete Carroll and the Seahawks, you know, just like, I just want these players to be who they are. I want to make them successful in how they feel comfortable being successful. You know what I mean? So that's great. You know, I, I love what they've been able to accomplish here. It's, it's, uh, it's been really fun to watch. Yeah, you know, I, I think you look at some of the the trades the Mariners have made recently, um, you know, the, the big ones. You kind of look at like, okay, they go and they trade Brandon Williamson for for Jesse Winker and, and A. Eugenio Suarez. And, uh, that, you know, the, the farm system's going to take a hit. And then here comes Bryce Miller, right? And here comes Perlando Barroa. And here comes, you know, you pick a name. And they just, they replace them. Oh, we tr- have to trade Noel V. Marte and we have to trade uh, Edwin Arroyo to get Luis Castillo. That's the cost of doing business. Well, okay, no problem. Cause we have Axel Sanchez who's developing into an insane prospect right now. You kind of look at it and it starts with the development. It's all about the development, but you still have to get the players who fit your system, who you think you can get the most out of. And that's why guys like Scott Hunter and Frankie Thon Jr. They deserve a tremendous amount of credit here because they are continuing to get the pipeline going. And the Mariners are in a position right now where their core is so young that they can take these shots on these, on these younger guys and really develop ceiling uh, instead of floor. And that that's kind of what we're seeing them do here in the drafts recently. Um, the long-term outlook for the Seattle Mariners is incredible. Uh, the farm system rankings are going to take a hit. Who cares? You know, you're talking about a 21 year old Julio. You're talking about, you know, Logan Gilbert's 24 Gilbert's 24. You're talking about JP's 28. Like, the Mariners have very few players who are over the age of 30. And, and what's more, they have very few pending free agents uh, this winter. I think it's just three uh, with Hanager and Frazier being the two big ones. So the Mariners outlook in the future is, is incredible because they're building this pipeline of player development and they're not, al- they're not always doing it with the top, you know, the first round draft picks. That's mm-hmm. not how they're doing this. Uh, they've had success with their first round picks, but they're finding the Penn Murphys in the, of the world They're you know, and not just the draft they're finding, you know, Dylan Moore's and they're find, finding Sam Haggerty's and these contributors uh, from other organizations, Paul Seawald, and, and they're making it work uh, because they have a system, they believe in their development and they are just going to continue to push that. They're going to continue to find players who fit, you know, the mold that they want. They're going to try and find the right learners, right? They believe they can be the right teacher, but they have to find the right learner learners to kind of mesh and coexist here and, and produce really what is, you know, one of the finer organizations in baseball right now. It's, it's not quite, it's not quite the Dodgers, you know, they're kind of the, they're kind of the unicorn, right? It seems like everything they do just works out magically for the Dodgers. They're very good at this. So are the Rays, the Mariners. I don't think they're quite there, but I think they're right there with maybe the Cardinals, maybe uh, the Nationals who I know right now are bad, but they have this track record of just producing big leaguer after big leaguer after big leaguer from every corner of player development, every corner of, of player acquisition. And that is a very exciting thing. And, and they're building that momentum and also that reputation inside the industry that is going to continue to pay back uh, onto them. Uh, what they put into it. So, you know, credit to Andy McKay and, and all the scouts, all the, all the front office personnel, uh, the Mar- Mariners baseball is a thing now. It, it's, it's not just, well, you know, there's Austin Jackson and, you know, Kristen Orphia. It's no, like we're building for now and the future. Um, and it's a really exciting time. It's, it's the best time to be a Seattle Mariners fan. I truly believe that. Mm-hmm. I did not have a Kristen Orphia drop on the bingo card. <laughs> Congrats. Oh. On we could drop a lot of names here if you want to say. <laughs> Jack Cust. 
(laughs) Heading down the stretch here and into the playoffs, if I could give you one wish for something you would like to see from the Mariners, maybe it's health for someone, maybe it's production for someone. Like, what are we talking about here to try and get the Mariners, not only the postseason, but the number one seed? Mm. Abraham Toro uh, takeover. Uh, <laughs> wow. Okay. Hey, I just I want the I want the meme again. I want I I I just want to say chills. Depoto did it again. Twenty four seven for the rest for the rest of the the season. I just want to say that every single at least once every game. Um, I think it's really I think it's you know Mitch Hanniger and Ty France taking over here, mm-hmm. stepping up, getting back on the horse here, and. Um, taking the reins especially with with gino down with you know we don't know how julio's back situation is going to impact him if at all uh we don't know how the finger is going to impact cal down the road so i think this is a big opportunity and obviously you know hanniger and and france are also dealing with things of their own but you know these are two of the leaders in your clubhouse um you know would love to see them kind of put the team on their back basically finish this thing off not only you know get into the postseason we know that that's going to happen but get into the postseason and also you know take take the the wild card one by by uh by hold because you know you look at the schedule still and obviously you know you don't want to assume anything with every single game because obviously you just lost three or four to the angels but the schedule is still the easiest in baseball and you look at toronto you look at tampa bay tampa bay still got to play the astros a couple more times Tampa Bay still got to play Toronto four more times. You know, those teams got to got to square off with one another. I think they, you know, uh, at least one of them still has to play the the Orioles again. Uh, there might be another series with the Guardians in there as well. Like, that's going to be a tough road for those teams. There is definitely a, a clear path here for the Mariners to get to the wild card one. So, but you're going to need to be able to take advantage of this favorable schedule, and you're going to need Ty France, and you're going to need Mitch Haniger to to do that. So, for my wish is that they. They figure it out here and then they ride that, you know, that hot streak into the postseason. And then like, boom, there you go. You got Mitch Haniger, you know, playing at his, you know, 90th, 100th percentile, whatever. You got Ty France playing, you know, to the best of his ability. And then you add Julio, you get Gino back into the mix. You get Cal in there. You know, things can happen, you know, because again, you know, you're probably going to have to win a lot of one run games like they have, you know, they're very, they're very familiar with doing that. So I think we're, we have confidence that they can do that again in the postseason. but you know, you're going to need some timely hitting. You can't win these games zero to negative one. You got to be able to, you know, at least score a couple runs. And so you're going to need France. You're going to need Hanniger. You're going to need the guys that are at the top of your lineup. And look, I know things just haven't really turned around from just for Jesse Winker. And I have gotten burned time and time again. Colby has gotten burned time and time again. We do this thing every now and then where we're like, all right, pick to click. We all, at least one of us says Jesse Winker and it never goes well, unfortunately. But look, I'm just going to say it over and over again. And I know this is my reasoning every time. And eventually this is just going to become too stale, but Jesse Winker was an all-star last year. He's like, he's been like, one of the top 10 hitters in all baseball for like the last three years before this season. Like that guy is still in there. He's still in there. I know he's still in there. I know he's still in there. If Jesse could give the Mariners something over the next few weeks, I mean, that would be huge. That would be massive. If if Jesse can perform at a a very high level, that would, that would change things. I think Colby, how do you feel? 
Uh, yeah, for me, it, it's, yeah, it's Ty France, it's Mitch Haniger, it's Jesse Linker. Those guys could just do what it says they can do on the back of their baseball cards for the next month. This team is extremely dangerous and should be considered a World Series contender because the pitching is, I mean, what's the old Randy Johnson line? Just get me two runs in case I make a mistake. That's kind of what we can get on a nightly basis from Robbie Ray and Luis Castillo and, and George Kirby and Logan Gilbert. They have that type of upside on any given night. So I, if those guys can just do what it says they can do on the back of their baseball cards, all of a sudden your one through seven is extremely dangerous and your eight and nine guys – they get hits, they take walks, they get on base, and they set the table for Julio back up at the top. So those guys can just get back to who they've always been for the for just a month, not even for an entire season, just a month. This team can go to the World Series, and they can win the World Series if those things occur. So to me, it's those veterans, those three veteran bats, and, and hopefully Gino can come back, and hopefully he can, hopefully he can play in the field some. If not, you take what you can get, you DH him, that's fine, but... I, I think for me, it's those three guys because everybody else, I feel good about Julio. I feel good about Gino. I feel good about Santana. I feel good about the pitching. I think you just need those three guys and maybe only two of them. I don't really care which two, but if you get all three of those guys swinging, you're going to be a very, very dangerous team and nobody will want to face the Seattle Mariners. Not that anybody's too thrilled about it right now. Anyways. Yeah, no doubt. Well, you guys do such great work. Tell everyone where to find you individually, the show, the whole thing. Give us the whole promo package. All right. So, uh, I, well, first, Gary, I, I really appreciate you you having us on and uh, yep. taking the time to, to talk with us. Uh, that was really cool. Um, and uh, you uh, you can find us, uh, well, you can find me on, on Twitter at Dane Gonzalez, C-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z, and you can find Colby at CPAT11, that's C-P-A-T-1-1. I do this a lot at <laughs> yes. the top of every show. Uh, and then uh, you can find uh, the, uh, the Locked On Mariners podcast on YouTube or literally wherever you get podcasts. It's on Spotify. It's on Apple. It's even on those weird podcast platforms that literally only one person uses. Uh, you guys know what I'm talking about. Uh, <laughs> and uh, you can find the show on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. Uh, we also have a Patreon uh, that we uh, we talk about the Mariners on uh, twice a week. Uh, it's patreon.com forward slash control the zone. And uh, yeah, that's all I got. Thank you so much, Gary. Yeah, absolutely. Podcast is great. I highly recommend it. And I kept you guys longer than I promised. Thank you. Well, let's do this again. This was super fun. Thanks. Yeah, guys. Let's do yeah. it. Let's do it. Absolutely.